I'm Victoria. And I'm Joe. And we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves, we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day. All the stresses and obstacles, and we are here to help you through it all. So that you can prepare for the wedding day and marriage with ease. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Catholic, Catholic Wedding, wedding Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Catholic Wedding Podcast. I am so excited to be here. I have my friend Joe with me. And hey, then, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> and then we also have a special guest here today. And we're going to be talking all about how to handle wedding-related disappointments with Monica. So I'm so excited to have her on. Um, so firstly, thank you so much, Monica, for being on the podcast. Can you um, share a little bit about yourself for our listeners? Sure. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so hello, everyone. My name's Monica. Um, I'm 32 and I've been married to my husband, Paul, for seven years um, this That's past awesome. November, which is just kind of blew our minds. <laughs> um, and we have three children, two boys and a girl, and they're aged between six and one and a half. Um, I live in Albury, New South Wales, Australia. Many of you would have probably heard Albury and been like, what? <laughs> Where is that? Um, and we, both my husband and I grew up in Sydney. Um, and the sort of the layout of Australia is very like most of the population is concentrated in the cities mm -hmm. and then everywhere else is very small country towns. So moving to the country has been a big change for us, but it's been really good. Um, and I am a Catholic life coach and I've been doing this for about just over a year now. Um, and what I, I'm specifically trained in mindset coaching um, and I, I love the way of thinking about it. Um, so this quote from St. Joan of Arc um, is every battle is first won or lost in the mind. Um, and that. that's really, yeah. So we often think of it's like external and it's like all about like what we do, but all of what we do originates in our thoughts. And so that's where a Catholic mindset coach comes in. We help you with that battle in the mind, which then affects everything that you do in the world. That is so, so cool. And you, so you said that you grew up in Sydney, so you've always lived in Australia, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. I love How did you? <laughs> yeah. Do you get that a lot? When you um, talk to Americans. <laughs> yes. Which which I never used to do, but like over the last year that's become a regular a regular thing. Um talking to Americans. So yep, everyone's like, oh the accent. I'm like, okay, sounds <laughs> how did you how did you get into this? Like the whole mindset coaching and then like um, even specifically for, for Catholic folks. Mm -hmm. Um so let me think. So last uh June ish. Um, my third child was uh, my daughter. She was about two months old and I joined, um, it's called Masters um, and it's run by Sterling Jaquith. So shout out to her. Um, they have a, a membership for Catholic mums, a life coaching membership. Um, and I joined that because I've been listening to Sterling's podcast. Her old podcast was Coffee and Pearls and I listened to that um, for many years. Um, anyway, so I joined that and they just teach all the mindset stuff 
for Catholic mums and it's they'll apply it to time and to, to money and parenting and, and your prayer life and um, your your marriage and all the things and it's really awesome. Um, and about like a month or two after being in there, I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to teach this to other people. I have to do this. Um, and ended up um, doing training with Metanoia Catholic um and um yeah that's I forget if there was a third part to the question but um no yeah, it was so just I was just yeah, curious so how you it's specifically it. Catholic training and I was like I I, I want to do it with um <clears throat> in a Catholic context mm-hmm. um with and Would there's you- just so much because it's a very life coaching is a very um I don't know a lot of people might think of it as like all very new age because a lot mm-hmm. of the like self-development sphere yeah is very that new would... age but it's like so for example there's all these terms that they've sort of stolen from us like alignment and manifestation but it's like well actually we are supposed to align our minds with the mind of Christ we are supposed mm-hmm. to manifest his love to the world but they've like taken all of these terms and like made them <laughs> all weird um mm-hmm. but like no let's like reclaim it and um yeah like learn how our mind works and um it's it's all it takes everything that the secular world teaches and like puts it on steroids for lack of a better term like supercharges it and makes it like it's so much more powerful than what they even realize that's so yes and I love I I didn't know that because I had heard the terms like alignment and manifestation like the things that you said and to me it always sounded so nebulous I'm like I don't I don't understand what you're talking about or what you're getting at because it doesn't seem really like anchored in anything Mm -hmm. but like the catholic lens on it I'm like oh my gosh that makes a lot of sense like even in what you just like the the, whatever 90 seconds you just shared of like this is what we say we mean when we say alignment this is what we mean when we see man say manifestation my mind is blown and like (laughs) We are supposed to, and a lot of it is like, we're supposed to align, like God gave us a reason and will and like our, um, our intellects are ordered towards the truth and our wills are ordered towards the good and really the work of our life and becoming a saint is learning to find where we're not being ordered towards the truth and the good mm-hmm. and to reorder mm-hmm. that. And that's really what we're doing. We're learning to reorder our desires towards the good um and to figure out where where am I believing a half truth or actually a lie from the enemy and it's learning how to do the work to actually change that as opposed to what I think often a lot of the time we're like oh I know so for example a lot of us know like I know that I'm loved by God or I know that he he says that I'm beautiful but we really struggle to believe that like we we know it intellectually but it's getting it from the head to the heart and we don't really have like the tools to be able to sort of actually move it from the head to the heart and a Catholic mindset coach can help with that. So putting it in the context of, of <laughs> weddings themselves, there's so much to wedding planning that can be like stressful and overwhelming. And sometimes there are disappointments that come along throughout the marriage prep and the wedding planning process. And what I think we're hoping to talk about with you today is how to handle, how do we handle those disappointments? How do we handle when things don't quite go the way maybe we want them to? What, what would be your, your tips for a bride when things start are starting to go wrong 
in the wedding planning process. Okay, so let's see if I can sort through the many thoughts that I have. Um, so first, the, the first thing that I would say is just noticing the way that we're even phrasing it. It's like when things start to go wrong. Um, so one of the, the first things that I'll teach my clients is the difference between things that are circumstances and the actual neutral facts of what's happening and then the way that we're thinking about it, the interpretation that we're putting on it. So even just the very fact of like something happens and then we have this thought, oh, th something's going wrong, this is going wrong, this isn't how it's supposed to be, that is the thing that's actually creating the feeling of disappointment. So our thoughts create our feelings. And so having the feeling of disappointment it's, is based on the thoughts that we're thinking um, about what's happening um and so so the first thing to consider is like what if you had the thought nothing has gone wrong no matter what happened um how kind of much more peaceful would that actually be <laughs> um because we know that like nothing nothing that happens is a surprise to god like um he there's not one second of our life that he has neglected to prepare for, to plan for, to have the, to give us the grace for. Um, and so is it ever, is it possible for anything really to ever go wrong? Um, and, and what if, what if what's happening is exactly part of the life that's going to make us a saint? So that's the, just the first thing to consider. But if you, if we can't get there and we do feel disappointed, um, what do we do? So um, I would see, feeling disappointment as an opportunity to practice really feeling and allowing that emotion. So one of the reasons that we really dread disappointment so much and find it so terrible is we think it's super painful and we worry about feeling it and we try to avoid it at all costs. Um, but what if we could think differently about it and we could know it's not actually so scary. Like I can experience this emotion. I can allow it. And I can know that ultimately it's just a feeling like an emotion is just a sensation, a feeling that you have in your body. Um, and, and that's true of all emotions. Like our emotions are the way that we experience our thoughts in our body. So it's that, um, that my, sorry, that comprehensive unity of body and soul. We have the thoughts that we, that we think that are immaterial. That's the word I've been looking for. The immaterial, it goes from the immaterial to the material. Um, mm -hmm. we, we think a thought and then we experience it in our body. And um, yeah, so what if we could see it as, a lot more neutral and it's actually just information like our emotions are data god gives them to us as signals to alert us to the fact that we're having a certain thought and it's an invitation to him from him being like there's something to look at here you're you're basically a disappointment is an unmet expectation and so it's is was this a reasonable expectation um is is what you're thinking about this true and inviting him into that and letting him say, um, 
letting like asking him what what do you have to teach me here but we often miss this because we're so busy distracting ourselves from from feeling whatever our emotions are whether it's disappointment or whatever being like oh I don't want to like I'm resisting feeling disappointment we we numb it out with going on social media or eating food or whatever and we judge it like oh I shouldn't feel disappointed because like I'm getting to marry this guy and so really that's the only most important thing but we don't just we we yeah we, we think we shouldn't have this feeling and and judge ourselves for it and so we don't actually get to process it and it hangs around longer um want to say um so ultimately i would try and reframe disappointment and say oh this is an invitation from god to deeper intimacy with him to invite him in to pray through it and examine the source of our disappointment and then start learning to find our comfort in jesus and not trying to fix it ourselves um, which I think, I don't know how many other people struggle with this, but I, I have a problem with that too, where I think that I need to fix everything and I need to solve everything. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to wedding planning, I, I imagine that a lot of brides probably feel the pressure of wedding planning more so than maybe their fiance. And I think the tendency to, to take that on ourselves and think I have to take this on myself instead of really like you said, like trusting the Lord with it and shifting the mindset about how you're thinking. Yeah, I totally can relate to that during wedding planning. <laughs> I definitely remember feeling like it was like all kind of on my shoulders. And that's, I think, I think that's my personality. I don't think it was just wedding planning because I have that just in a lot of different stages of my life and different crosses and stuff like that, that I just feel like it's all on me. And I do agree that it's super important, like, it's it's hard because you know when you're in the moment it's hard not to think about anything but whatever is stressing you out (laughs) um and so it's hard to take a step back and kind of look at the bigger picture look at it a little bit more objectively um which i think is hard i i know that for myself i don't know if that's like a female thing because i feel like my husband is much better at like looking at things objectively but <laughs> no I think, we all, I think we all struggle with that we all have we just go around all day long interpreting what's happening in the world and there's just so much so many thoughts that we have that are if you had someone there questioning you on them you might be like oh yeah I haven't thought of it that way like we just we just assume that most of the thoughts that we're having are true mm-hmm but what if, yeah. what, if there's, what if there's something missing from actually most of the thoughts that we're thinking? <laughs> well, and then the, the thought after that is even if I'm feeling all of these things, let me try to find comfort in the Lord. Right. You know, let me figure out why am I feeling disappointment? And then, like you said, turning to the Lord for comfort and not necessarily trying to just fix it immediately. Mm, yeah. And being like having the courage to be like, I'm feeling disappointed. Let's really sit with it. And just allow it. And um, this is actually like really powerful to know. Um, if when we just allow, if you imagine our emotions as like a beach ball, when we try and like, if you try and shove a beach ball under the water and hold it there, it like 
bounces, <laughs> forces its way back up. And that's what happens with our emotions. We try and stuff them down and avoid them and don't deal with them. And then they just come out in all kinds of unpleasant ways. Um, but if you just allow it and just sit with it and say, oh, I'm feeling disappointed and let's like see what that really feels like. Um, it actually, emotions will pass in about 90 seconds. It's like, can, can wow. I feel an emotion for 90 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I think I can. I can, I can handle that. <clears throat> I didn't even realize that there was a number associated to how long you can experience an emotion. Mm. It's not like a hard and fast rule. Like, of course, if yeah. someone dies, you're not going to get over your grief in 90 seconds. Right. But, well, but yes. a lot of the time, a lot of the time, that's the case. If we just, and think about how much time and energy that would save us if we were just like, oh, I notice I'm feeling this. Okay. Just allow that. <laughs> and then it would just be huh. gone. Hmm. <clears throat> wow. That would definitely save a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we talked about kind of like while you're planning your wedding, if you feel disappointed, what about things that happen like the day of the wedding? Like if you, I don't know, if something starts going wrong on the day of, like what would be your advice to a bride of what to do in that moment? Um. So I think... Firstly, it starts before the wedding day because if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're not listening to this on your wedding day. <laughs> um, Probably not. Yeah, so you've got you've got time still. Um, so so I would sit down and so it's firstly the like allowing it and not judging it, being like something's gone wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, and then it's preparing for it and say, okay, what do I think might go wrong? What um what's the worst case scenario and just really go there um because that will help it will it will help you feel like you have a plan so you could say you could come up with maybe five things that are, are kind of semi-likely that could happen and then decide you can decide ahead of time what you'll think what if that did happen and then when the thing happens it's not as terrible it, you'll still feel a bit disappointed most likely but you'll also have you can also have then the thought, I prepared for this. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to think right now. I know exactly how I can still feel so much gratitude and joy and love on this day, even though this thing has happened. And you, you're just going to feel like so confident and prepared and like such a boss. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and you could, I mean, depending what it, what the thing is, you could decide, oh, yeah, like I prepared for this and this is actually really disappointing, but I can set that, like I, I've, planned how I'm going to sit and process it after the mm -hmm. fact like I'm going to take maybe you could plan I'm going to go to adoration and just take all of the things that happen and just process the disappointment then and um because you know if you're in the middle of the middle of the reception you're not going to sit down and, and have a nice prayer session <laughs> right then and there um <laughs> but if you know like that'll I think alleviate some of the pain of it because you're like I know that I've set a time for this like I know exactly what I'm gonna do mm -hmm. um but doing all of this without do, um being doing this thing which we call like being disappointed ahead of time so I um I have a quote here from Brene Brown's book Atlas of the Heart which basically goes through kind of all of the human emotions and just kind of defines them and talks a little about Bit about all of them it's a really good like reference that I've got there um so she has an interview with 
a man in his 60s and she's talking about how many of us, we live disappointed rather than risk feeling disappointed. So she says, I'll never forget how he looked at me when he said, I used to think the best way to go through life was to expect the worst. That way, if it happened, you were prepared. And if it didn't, you were pleasantly surprised. Then I was in a car accident and my wife was killed. Needless to say, expecting the worst didn't prepare me at all. And worse, I still grieve for all of those wonderful moments we shared that I didn't fully enjoy. My commitment to her is to fully enjoy every moment now. I just wish she was here now that I know how to do that. Um, and just every time I read that, I'm just like, oh, so powerful. Wow. So we can spend a lot of time thinking about the worst case scenarios and worrying endlessly about them and not as much thinking about the best case scenarios. And when we do this, we put so much energy and headspace into worrying fruitlessly about the worst case that we don't have the mental real estate to actually creatively problem solve and work towards creating that best case scenario. Mm -hmm. So um, when we're thinking about what are the things that might happen and preparing, I think we're doing it from a place of, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to kind of do it from a like really neutral kind of curious place. What could happen? Okay. This is what I'll do. This is how I'll prepare. And you might even think about like, what, what will I think if something that I haven't thought of at all, like something that I can't even imagine <laughs> happening, how could I, how could I um, think about that? Or what's like, what could I be, a question I really like is what, what can I be certain of about God that I can bring into every uncertain situation? And thinking about that, um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Um, but um, so, yeah, so we're doing, we're thinking about it not not from a place of where we're going to worry about it endlessly, but we're just going to problem solve and then it's done. We've decided, okay, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do and then not worry about it and actually go into this place where we're not expecting these things to happen. Being like, oh, it's definitely going to happen and I'm worrying about this, that and the other. But instead going, okay, Lord, like what do you, what do you have in mind? Let's expect like the best. And no matter what happens, it's actually we always know that that's going to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not not doing this thing where we're living disappointed, being disappointed ahead of time because we're scared. We're so scared of being disappointed when our expectations aren't met. Um, and I had another thought, which I now can't remember. Um, <clears throat> so another thing that would be good to explore is the thoughts that you have about disappointment. So we have, we have thoughts about all of our emotions. We have thoughts about when we're feel, about feeling angry. We have thoughts about feeling anxious. We have thoughts about feeling disappointed. Um, and lots of them are pretty judgy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like negative, like, oh, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be this, shouldn't be that. But all of our emotions are actually morally neutral. It's what we do with them. This is in the catechism. Um, and so it's, and when we have these judgments about them, it, it makes them worse and we we try and avoid them and it and it just is not helpful. So I think exploring that would be very interesting. And another interesting, so there's just all of these questions. I'm actually going to put together something. So by the time you listen to this, there will be this a PDF or something that's got like questions to think about because this is really what we do um, in coaching. We 
ask powerful questions and you learn how to ask yourself powerful questions. Um, mm. So I would think about like, what will I think, what do I think I will, fe- I will feel if everything goes perfectly? So if my wedding day goes perfectly to plan, how do I think I'll feel? And then knowing that this is available to you no matter how it plays out because we get to choose our so our feelings come from our thoughts and our thoughts are all optional we get to choose we get to decide we get to with our will we can choose to think whatever we want and so whatever you however you think you you will feel if you have the perfect wedding day I would say okay well how am I going to feel and what would what would I be thinking and then you can say well I'm just going to choose to think that no matter no matter what happens um and then you still have the feeling of the perfect day even if it doesn't go perfectly which is i love that um and i just wanted to share um it doesn't really have a deep and meaningful um uh meaning to it but i wanted to share one of the really disappointing things that happened on my wedding day um and i wish i'd been able to prepare for this (laughs) um so we got i asked uh, my husband's aunt made us our did all our flowers and on our bouquet I wanted to have rosary beads that then I would like keep and I would like I don't know engrave on the crucifix the date or something and I was like I'm gonna have these beads that are really special oh, and I'm gonna have them forever and it's gonna be amazing um and we had photos taken in a park nearby that had like a, a lake and we were on the bridge over the lake doing photos and the beads fell off my bouquet while we were on the bridge and then oh, I was no. like oh that's fine they like fell onto the they felt like onto the bridge but then they just kept going and they like slid through one of the cracks into the lake <gasps> I was like no, oh, no. that's not what was supposed to happen oh, oh my gosh <laughs> I, think, I think I need to actually process this still because I'm still really disappointed <laughs> um but yeah so so just very it's a very very powerful thing to think about ahead of time <laughs> what you're going to do and then I think even just so if you find yourself feeling disappointed on the day don't be like I shouldn't be feeling disappointed I'm such a terrible wife I should be focusing on the joy of the day and all of the things just be like oh it's fine like I'm a human being have so much like love and kindness and compassion for yourself we often don't do that for ourselves um just be like i'm a human being of course that's this is a bit disappointing um but i can still choose to um to be be grateful like thinking asking the question like what is there to be grateful for and that will kind of put you just asking that question will send your brain on a mission to think about what is there to be grateful for and you'll very quickly go into so much gratitude be like okay it's disappointing but I'm feeling so grateful and so full of joy regardless wow I love hmm. everything you just said and I'm so sorry about your rosary beads that's I was yeah that is really sad <laughs> you were gonna go a different route because I actually had I wanted to have rosary beads wrapped around my bouquet um and we had planned that it was going to be so before my husband proposed to me we prayed the rosary. And so there's like a specific rosary beads that we had and um, they broke like the day before the rosary. And so he like fixed it and everything. And then the day of, we completely forgot about them. Oh, and looking no. back, I'm like, we've like, he had it in his pocket or something, but he forgot to give it to me. And 
it, you know, I don't know what happened, but we totally forgot to like exchange it. And then the day went and I looked back and I was like, wait, I never had those for three weeks. Oh, um, no. So that's where I thought you were going with the, with the story, but yeah, no, I still have mine. So, <laughs> but I just never had them on the wedding day, <laughs> but that was one of my disappointments as well. Cause I've seen all the brides have the pictures and I'm like, ah, I don't have that, but that's okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I think one of the things um, about like handling disappointment is like not comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing, especially like in this day and age where like social media is such a huge thing. And like, I mean, Facebook is a little bit, but especially Instagram and TikTok, you're constantly seeing like beautiful wedding days and everyone looks so happy and everything looks perfect. So there's like a lot of pressure almost to have that perfect wedding. And Mm -hmm. obviously like most people just in general are not going to share, you know, the rosary situation or, you know, like those kinds of things. Um, So like, what are your tips for the bride who's like kind of getting caught up in comparison? Mm, I think what's really interesting, what's like coming, occurring to me right now thinking about social media and things I think we also even get caught up in like Catholic comparison so one of my things is um we uh I was inspired to do this by Jackie Francois Jackie Angel I don't know if you know her um but she they did adoration the night before their wedding Mm. I just remembered seeing I was like I want to do that when I get married that just sounds really nice having all of their sort of family and friends come and pray for them the night before and like they go to confession and all of that um and and so we did do that and I think I I had an idea of like how many people were going to be there and maybe made it mean like I don't know the more people you had at your adoration the night before your wedding like the better you are or like the more Catholic you are or something mm-hmm. um so so yeah but I was a bit disappointed like at the turnout that like more people hadn't made the effort but it was I think part of it was that like comparison like they had so many people at their one so we had to have so many people at our one right. um and and then also our um the homily our priest gave which I loved and I love love our priest but he knew that we were both really into Star Wars this was when the new Star Wars movies were coming out okay like the recent ones and mm-hmm. so he just talked a lot about Star Wars in the homily <laughs> and I can't remember anything else like I mean he said beautiful things about love and stuff but I can't remember any of it and everybody else also remembers it as the Star Wars homily I'm like this is not Catholic enough (laughs) see and I think that's hilarious because me being the nerd that I am I'm like I would have loved a Star Wars homily (laughs) (laughs) like I liked it a bit but then he just kept going talk about about the sacrament and stuff (laughs) that is Um, so funny yeah so yeah so then um let me think. So I, I got another quote from Brene Brown's book. The, the way that she defines comparison is the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. Comparison says be like everyone else but better. Mm. And, like, just thinking about that, like, mm. that is just so much pressure. We're like, we can't be... You can't be too different from everyone else. We have to sort of fit in, but we have to be do it the best. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think dealing with this, number one, is always just awareness. Just notice when you're starting to go into comparison and be able to look at it without judgment. And that, again, being curious and compassionate and ask yourself great questions. So like if like instead of so there's two ways you could re- react. You could be like, oh, I'm like going to comparison. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be on social media. I shouldn't do this, that and the other. I'm a terrible person that's probably not going to be very helpful versus oh of like i notice i'm comparing again this is a habit it makes perfect sense that i'm dealing with this it's a very human thing um there's so many opportunities for comparison this isn't a problem how do i want to respond why am i comparing i wonder why i am who am i trying to fit in with who am i trying to be better than why am i trying to be better than them do I want to keep choosing this? What do I want to think instead? Jesus, what's your interpretation here? What am I ultimately desiring here? How can I fix my eyes back on you? Um, so, so those three things. So having that awareness, responding with curiosity and compassion, and then engaging your reason and will to intentionally choose. Do I want to continue in envy jealousy resentment and beating myself up or do I want to choose maybe admiration for this other person or to be inspired by what they're doing that they're showing kind of what's possible um and am I going to choose to rejoice in their joy am I going to um to choose to live in God's peace like we're free to choose either way hmm. wow I feel like every time you like say something, I'm just like thinking about how it applies to my life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm trying to like be I'm a sponge. A, yeah, I feel like I'm on like a personal life coach call right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm feeling like a sponge a little bit. You talk, and then I remember, oh, we're recording a podcast. I need to say something because in my head, I'm like <laughs> processing everything you just said. <laughs> no, and I love I just the way n- you say it, though, like the way you're explaining it, and I love that you say like with comparison it's not like because yeah like I feel like some of the response especially I don't know I don't know if this is especially as Catholics or just human beings but like oh comparison is bad I don't want to compare and then you kind of leave it at that but I like that you like dig deeper like why is this happening it's not like bad because it happens to everybody but there's something deeper going on yeah and when we go into this like just shut it down judging ourselves place we just kind of we end up spending so much kind of mental energy on that that we don't have the space to be really like listening to the holy spirit and we lose kind of access to our highest quality ideas and to like to thinking about it carefully and rationally and it's just really not useful (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um like what if we could just and and that's why probably one of the biggest reasons why god is always like like just be at be at peace like he, he's always like constantly reminding us like rest rest in me be at peace because we just I mean life's just so much more fun and we can hear him so much better and we have much better ideas and everything everything just works better when we're at peace so yeah for sure and the devil like feeds off the I guess anxiety and stress and stuff like that right like Christ is like the prince of peace and like I, I feel like the devil is like the prince of chaos I don't know if that's like the best term but yeah kind of like chaos like and 
likes to incite that because obviously like you said it does take up headspace it does take up energy and if our energy is focused on anxiety and stress and comparison and everything like that it it won't be peaceful so and just um i'll have to just see if i was going to talk about this somewhere else well i'll just talk about it now so um i think an interesting thing to think about is the difference between like being in a place of gratitude and appreciation and detachment and being in entitlement and attachment so for me um so there's these things that we call indulgent emotions indulgent emotions are emotions that we they're kind of comfortable for us to feel or at least they're more comfortable than other things so some common ones are like powerlessness um confusion so confusion is a good a good example um it's more comfortable to sit in confusion and be like i don't know what to do than to just go and take action on something that we're afraid to do and be willing to go through all of the discomfort of that like it's much more comfortable to just stay stuck and confused mm-hmm. even though it, it there is discomfort involved we we think we don't think we're enjoying it but it's it's more enjoyable than the alternative um mm-hmm. and so for me an indulgent emotion that i've recently discovered is that i'm very um i will tend to go into entitlement as a way of avoiding disappointment um like they're very for me they're very like closely related so instead of sitting there and just really feeling like oh, i'm just really disappointed that such and such didn't work out whether it's like my here's a good example my kids not sleeping um instead of just allowing myself to be really disappointed um i'll instead go into like entitlement be like lord like why didn't they sleep i deserve to have a good sleep i deserve this that and the other um because huh. that just feels it it feels a lot less painful than disappointment mm-hmm. but it's it's very unuseful <laughs> um and um yeah so I think discerning where am I being really feeling entitled and attached to the outcome attached to to things turning out a certain way to my plans happening versus just where how can I be what is there to be grateful for how could I be grateful no matter what happens like even if even if my plan doesn't go to plan what is what would there to be be grateful for how would that actually be a good thing if my if things didn't go to plan like mm-hmm. thinking just completely flipping it on its head and being like yeah what is there what is there to appreciate about this how could this be actually the best wedding day or the best if it's something that's happening during the planning process how could this actually be the best thing um and and yeah just learning learning to go more deeply into that surrender mm. I love that. which is hard but I also feel like we're oh yes we're, it's hard <laughs> we're called to you know Jesus told us it wasn't going to be easy I mean that life wasn't going to be easy for a myriad of reasons you know but mm. we're being called to to better things to to holiness and the discomfort of disappointment is is part of that journey sometimes you know Mm-hmm. And I love the expression that like our Lord can't send the comforter like the Holy Spirit unless we get uncomfortable. Like if we never get mm. uncomfortable, we're never going to actually mm. feel the need to to be comforted by God. And instead, a lot of the time, that's what we do. We like try and fix it ourselves. We're self-reliant. We just like turn to other things, food, Netflix, whatever, 
like, yep, I'll find my, my comfort here or in controlling what happens going, okay, I'm just going to like problem solve. I'm going to like fix everything instead of mm-hmm. just turning first to him and letting him really just comfort us. Um, yeah. I like Absolutely. that. Yep. I like that. And um, also it, sorry, this, the, um, it, yes, it's hard, but also what if it isn't as hard as what we think? Like our Lord's like, my yoke is easy and my burden light. Like what if he's actually, if he actually takes on most of the heavy lifting, all we ever have to do is just be receptive mm-hmm. to him. That would actually make it a lot easier <laughs> and simpler. And there's still, <laughs> there's still challenge there. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's it's good to kind of think about it both ways. Like how is how is something being difficult good, but also how could it not be as difficult as I think? Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think of like all the saints, I mean, maybe not all of them, but a lot of the saints, like they were all very joyful and peaceful people and they didn't have necessarily joyful and peaceful lives. Like they had some real hardship and like suffering in there. I mean, a lot of them are martyrs as well but they were still joyful throughout that all. And they still had peace in God because they were able to, I guess, let it go and do all the stuff that you're saying. <laughs> Better than I can. <laughs> but no, that's awesome. So everything that we've talked about today, like, cause I know we, we started, we've kind of talked about a lot of things, uh, but specifically for wedding planning and like managing the disappointments that we feel maybe in that process, like as a Catholic life coach, um, how, how could a bride who's maybe struggling with this, with disappointments for wedding planning, but maybe just other things as well, how could they benefit from working with somebody like you, Monica? How long have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, so many ways. So there's just so many emotions um, when it comes to, I mean, all of life, but we just, let's just focus on, on the brides. Um, there's just so many, there's, you're joining with a new family, you've got your in-laws and your fiance is joining with your family. So there's just all these like family communication things going on, um, your you've got your normal life and work that then you're adding on top of you're planning this whole big day. <clears throat> and then I think we also, at least I had this guilt. I was like, but they, I don't want to put all of this focus on just the day. Like I want to prepare more for the marriage than the day, but then it feels like there's this gigantic to-do list. Where is the time <laughs> to do that? How do I do all of the things? Um, <clears throat> and then I've talked a lot about like processing your emotions and that's something um that a coach will will help you to do um we can help you so I'll I'll just give you a few of the questions because I just want to make excuse me I'll just give you a few questions that um are good to help with processing emotions because I've talked about that a lot and I want you to to have those Um, and I'll also link in the show notes there's a an episode from Metanoia Catholics podcast, the Catholic Coaching podcast, where they <clears throat> take you through this. But um, so processing an emotion, you want to kind of identify, like, where do I feel this emotion in my body? Because you are going to feel it like physically. 
and then asking some questions like is it open or closed and there's a few other questions and you're just kind of trying to really get an image for this emotion get something like tangible that your like mind can work on and um, if there was an image associated with this emotion what would that be and then inviting Jesus into that scene and does he say anything and just that whole process is just like so powerful um and so so yeah just going back to um why would this be beneficial to brides where are my notes um so the other thing on google Oh, okay, I was gonna say. I think on the Google Doc, I did ask a question, and there is nothing written underneath. Yeah, so. sorry because sorry. That was one of the things. That's okay. no, no, no. That's okay. I've now got, I'm like, I maybe I shouldn't have asked that. No, <laughs> um, I was my brain was still stuck in the last question. I was like, I've still got more to say. Um, okay, so so yeah, so we've got all of these, all the normal wedding planning stuff that's going on, all the emotions, disappointment, exhaustion family conflicts but then also which we don't normally think about but sometimes life happens maybe somebody close to you dies maybe one of your parents dies maybe a grandparent dies and then you've got to deal with this grief or maybe somebody loses a job or maybe there's a really serious like illness diagnosis um there was probably going to be a lot of overwhelm and procrastination um and and yeah then also this desire to like but how do I prioritize the marriage and um I think working with a life coach is like the best way to do that I so wish that I'd I'd had this because firstly you're becoming um you're learning to then become a wife who knows what's in her control and what isn't which is just Mm -hmm. so powerful like learning to go okay my I'm in control of my thoughts my feelings my actions and I can't control my husband and I can't control the circumstances, but I can choose how I respond to them. Um, and that's just something that's so powerful to learn. And um, and it will just save you so much time and energy being able to not stuff your emotions down, but just to learn from all of them. And um, you'll be able to hear God's voice so much more easily. So like that chaos in your mind you'll be able to just really like calm it down and mm. hear like, and he'll always be able to tell you like, this is what I want you to do today. And which is just such a much more peaceful way of, of going about the whole thing. Um, and all of that kind of roller coaster of emotions, you'll learn how to ter- turn all of it into opportunities to encounter Jesus, to like refocus your love for this man that you're marrying um and just to remember that that kind of bigger picture and to like learn to treat yourself with curiosity and compassion and to forgive other people quickly and to forgive yourself quickly if you don't quite act the way that you want yourself to um maybe i know this is something that a lot of people want to do they want to lose weight for their wedding um but a lot of us, we set out on that mission and we do it in a very like grueling, punishing kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't look good. I'm terrible. I want to look better. Um, I'm not going to have anything yummy. Or you do eat something and then you like beat yourself up for it. Like, what if you could lose weight for your wedding if you wanted to? 
and be at peace about it and do it and it be be fun and not beat yourself up or just decide I actually don't want to lose weight I'm okay with like you can there's no right or wrong you can choose either way but do it like from peace be like like lord what do you want me to do just that mm-hmm. always being your primary question um and yeah like to me that would have just been like we tried we were very budget it was almost like a badge of honor like how cheap we could be <laughs> doing mm-hmm. our wedding <laughs> um but yeah if I could go back I would be like 100% drop all the money on investing in this because your the way that you think about your life and your emotions in the world like it's everything um and it will impact like it's not it's an investment not just in this time this season and being more joyful in it but in the like the rest of your life you then have that skill of being able to navigate anything and create any result that you want for the rest of your life so totally worth it that's awesome. And kind of going off of that, like, I mean, we're talking more in the context of brides, but I mean, I guess just in general for any clients, like how, how many like sessions do you recommend for your like clients or does, is it really like a case by case or like, how does it work from that standpoint? Um, so for me personally, I do three months, we do 12 sessions okay. or I like to think of it as 90 days. So we do like, it's I like to think in quarters of the year and we work towards one specific thing, but then many of my clients will actually renew. I've only had one person not renew so far. They just, they get, we get to the end of the three months and they're like, no, I want to keep going. There's more, <laughs> there's more I want to keep working on, um, which is just really exciting. Um, and so, yeah, so by doing this work, you can learn to create, yeah, literally any result, anything you can imagine, we go for it and we do it with God and with the conviction that, this is what he's calling you to right now and with the full belief that nothing is impossible for him and that this is part of your unique call to sanctity. Um, And so I help my clients learn to stop just setting goals and ideals and not following through, but instead to become like a goal getter. Um, And to, so yeah, like I will teach them the art of um, asking themselves powerful questions because when you ask powerful questions, you get powerful answers and then you get powerful results in your life. Um, and yeah, then you've got that skill for the rest of your life and you become like an unstoppable woman of God. Um, and yeah, so, but other, I mean, if you want to investigate working with a different coach, like every some people do just like you pay for one session at a time or whatever. But for me, I, think that it serves my clients the most to commit to a certain like say 90 days and that it's it's not just about the sessions it's like you have access to not just your own problem solving but my problem solving as well for 90 days like we're both Mm -hmm. we've got two brains working on your problem and both Mm -hmm. taking responsibility for all the things we can take responsibility for within that coaching relationship like full accountability like we're both working on that for three months um and I just think that's really powerful and you just get the most maximum bang for your buck in my opinion right and usually I, like habits and stuff like that aren't gonna be like resolved in a or like especially like anything mindset like that's not gonna be resolved in like one 
session. Yeah. One you know, session, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think it's good that it's, like, <clears throat> over the span of, like, a few yeah. months. That way, also, that I way think... you also have develop a relationship with each other, too, and, like, get to know each other better. And, like, yeah, it's more e- the easily, it's more easy to be comfortable with each other and stuff as well. Trust is is developed over that time. So I love that. Monica, thank you so much for everything that you have shared with us today. I feel like I'm going to be processing this for like the next 72 hours. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just sharing your knowledge and, and really, you know, speaking truth to the the brides and the couples preparing for marriage who are listening to this podcast. Uh, Where can they find you? So a couple of things. So you can find me on Instagram at Monica Elias coaching. That's E L I A S. Um, and through there you can find, oh wait, no, through my link tree, which is the normal link tree. Anyway, that'll be in the show notes, but it's wholehearted fiat coaching. Um, but on there, there's, I have a decision-making worksheet that people can get, which could be very helpful. There are many decisions that you need to make in the, um, the wedding process. So I recommend that, um, and I have a workshop on how to stop overthinking. So if you're an overthinker, that might be helpful. And um, there's a few other, well, there's an interview that I did um, on emotions, thoughts, and needs on the Smart Loving podcast. So that's another, that's very like talking about needs within marriage. So that will also be helpful. Um, and I will also put together some of the questions that I've mentioned and that will be there as well. So, but you can get to the link tree through Instagram. So anyway, Monica Elias coaching. Awesome. Sounds good. And we will link all of those things, uh, like she said, down in the show notes so that you guys can find her, meet her, see what she's up to. And maybe if you're feeling like you really need it, which after this recording i'm feeling like we all probably kind of need it (laughs) Uh, you can hit monica up for some coaching um be my pleasure yes thank you so much monica this is like so helpful even for me like i'm not a bride anymore anything you know i'm already married but there's a lot of like nuggets of wisdom that you drop that i feel like are applicable like to any woman in any season in life so i think that is I really appreciate you taking the time to like chat with us about all this stuff. My pleasure. And can I just add one more thing? <clears throat> so yes. if you want, so I do free discovery calls. So if you want to, and you're like kind of interested, but, or maybe you don't even know if you wanted to do coaching, but I'll do like a free 60 minutes. We look at, we'll explore like your patterns of decision-making and um, you'll walk away. Even if, even if you decide not to work with me, like I'm totally unattached to that you're going to walk away with a better understanding of why you're stuck on whatever it is that you're stuck on and having that awareness, that's always the first step and it's so powerful. So I would just invite you to, to wow, check that out. Wow, that, that is really generous. That is awesome. That is. Cool. Well, thank you. Definitely, guys, check out Monica. As you guys have heard over this entire episode, she's just like has so much wisdom. And I love that you come from a Catholic perspective with life coaching because I feel like there are a lot of life coaches, as we've said before, that – definitely have like a more new agey approach and it can be hard to relate like to them and like especially some of the terms that they use or just like their approach you know like more the self-love approach and like that kind of stuff that can be not super like conducive to like Catholicism so I think that's awesome that 
like you come at it from a, a Catholic perspective. So I think that's awesome. Yep. All totally right. agree. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us today on this episode. We would love it if you would leave us a review if you really loved this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would also love to hang out with you on Facebook or Instagram. You can join Victoria's Facebook group, The Catholic Bride. You can hang out with us on Instagram at The Catholic Wedding Podcast. No, it's just Catholic, Catholic Wedding Podcast. I do that every time. <laughs> at Catholic Wedding Podcast, Victoria and I are both there. We would love to hang out with you. We would love to chat with you. We would love to meet you. And we hope you guys, wherever you're doing, wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, there we go. We hope you're having a wonderful day and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks guys. Bye.